And welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. Cameron, I've been having a Dinkelberg-type moment the last few days. I would be playing Metroid Dread if I had it! <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all, Mark? That, that would have been, been perfect if it was Metroid Prime. Sold out, uh, <laughs> sold out. Oh, Metroid, right, Metroid Prime. I'm sorry. Oh, wow, I, I screwed okay. that up. Forgive yeah, me. now it's forgive too late. Me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Metroid Prime is sold out everywhere, or it's not sold except, out because it hasn't arrived. For Nintendo eShop. <laughs> yes. um, but some of those swallow their pride. Yeah. So. <laughs> we all know that. Uh, our, yeah, our listeners don't want to hear that. Um, Physical forever. <laughs> that's extremely good. Uh, also with us, indie games editor Campbell Gill. I got no witty intro this week. Just Final Fantasy. That's fine. Our, our witty intro was uh, overcome by the Final Fantasy VII Sephiroth uh, Kahoot remix that Mark just uh, sent to us. It's uh, beautiful. We, listen, it's going to be kind of an interesting. There's no like major Nintendo news. There's obviously the direct was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we can't talk about Metroid Prime because again, Mark doesn't have it. Kirby mm-hmm. uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe comes out yes. tomorrow at the time of this recording, so we won't be able to uh, talk about that just yet. We'll talk about that next week. Um, so it's going to be kind of an oddball episode, but we have been playing a few games. Notably, Campbell has been enjoying, speaking of Final Fantasy music, uh, Final Fantasy... What's okay? What is it? Tell me the title of this game. Confusingly, this is a Final Fantasy game that doesn't have Final Fantasy in the title. <laughs> the title is Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. I okay. I'm, Which I, we should end the podcast. Obviously, right now. that title speaks for itself. Honestly, Can, I mean, if you had put me on "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" and said, "All right, for one million dollars, <laughs> is the name is Final Fantasy in this game's title?" I would have said yes, one hundred percent, and I would yeah. have lost a million dollars. You know, Cameron, um, the my, the only thing that's great about this title is that you look at it and you know nothing about the game, but you do learn one thing. You learn that it's a Square Enix game. Just because of how terrible the title is. So, that's nice. <laughs> Literally, I wrote a whole draft of my review calling it Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. And then I like looked at the PR and I was like, what? What? what why? Well, why isn't been, this in the title? <laughs> that would have been an incredible L had you, had Honestly, you posted that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, the original for the 3DS was called Final Fantasy... Theater Rhythm, right? Or Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy. Uh, let me double check because I get so confused on this. Uh, but no, yeah. the original was Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy. For so, 3DS. For the 3DS. <laughs> there was then a sequel um, called Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call, which, you know, that makes sense too. Uh, but mm-hmm. then this one is Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which apparently they just had to drop Final Fantasy from this They just one. omitted... It is omitted Final Fantasy. Entirely. I mean, there is, there is, we can get into that. There is a reason why they could have done that, but I think it's nowhere near significant enough to merit dropping the franchise title. From. Is, there a, is there like a lore reason? There is no lore in this game, Cameron. There's only <laughs> DLC. 
lore, only DLC. Only money. <laughs> head head empty, no lore. Um, that's incredible. All right, so well, tell us a little bit about... The, oh, God. The, theater, theater rhythm, final bar line. Tell us a little bit about theater rhythm, final bar line, which apparently is packed with 385 carefully selected music tracks. Mm-hmm. From across the whole series. Um, yes, hit us. Exactly. Tell, tell me what it's all about. I, yeah. I know nothing about the series. Love Outside it. of One Winged Angel being in here. Yes, there is One Winged Angel, Mm -hmm. and there is a heck of a lot more in here. So, uh, like Mark was alluding to, this is the third game in the Theater Rhythm franchise, which is a series of rhythm games based off of the Final Fantasy series, Um, and they're basically your standard rhythm game fare. You've got soundtracks selected from all across the franchise history, and you play along to the songs. You've got these cute little chibi characters that you see on screen. The gameplay, super simple. Um soundtracks from throughout the basically every uh every single entry in the series and that's like the the main gist of it but what you have with theater rhythm final bar line is it's like the the biggest one yet with like you said over 300 songs nearly 400 songs an enormous amount of dlc and so much love and care put into it to make it not just a collection of songs with cute little timed mini games to play along with them, but really like a celebration of Final Fantasy altogether. This game was released for as part of the ongoing uh, celebration of Final Fantasy's 35th anniversary. And you know, there are so many things that I think about for Final Fantasy that are worth celebrating. You've got the great stories, the characters, the role-playing mechanics, all that kind of stuff. But what's always tied the series together is the music, right? The mm-hmm. iconic soundtracks from Nobuo Uematsu and all the other composers in the more recent games. So many amazing, amazing themes. And that final bar line encompasses pretty much anyone you could possibly ask for. Uh, beautifully presented. And the gameplay, to me, is what really ties it all together. It is just... It's like I said, it's simple, but it is oh, oh, so satisfying. All you have to do is it's like any other, most other rhythm games, I'd say, where you just have uh, timed button presses. You press the button to the, based on the indicators on screen, uh, you have a red, and also I should add that this is a Final Fantasy game. They try to add a lot of RPG elements to it. uh, And as part of that, I know, right? Crazy. But a lot of the, (laughs) in true Final Fantasy fashion, a lot of the really simple mechanics have unnecessarily confusing names attached to them. So you've got the little buttons that you got to press to the, t- the, the tune of the music based on the indicators on screen you don't call those buttons they're called triggers and the accuracy with which you hit those buttons <laughs> it's not called like on beat or anything it's called judgment do you have the best judgment do you have a critical judgment oh my god and also there's two levels of critical too there's critical <laughs> if you hit it at like just the right time and then there's critical with a rainbow if you hit it on like the ultimate best timing wow right so there's a lot of stuff like that added onto it but at the core underneath all the wonderful final fantasy terminology it's a really simple loop you have basically three button prompts which are red triggers which just require you to hit any face button on the controller a b x y your shoulder shoulder buttons anything like that on on beat you have uh green buttons which require you to hold any one of the 
face buttons or shoulder buttons for a certain amount of time. And then you have yellow triggers, which require you to not hold a button, but rather to flick your control sticks in the direction indicated. Left, mm, right, okay. up, down, diagonal. Sometimes if they're trying to get really frisky with it, you have to flick both control sticks in a certain direction. You know, the Campbell, left I'm one, gonna the have left, to, I'm, one Campbell, I'm right. going to have to ask you to not use the word frisky and flick in the same <laughs> sentence. Frisky flick. <laughs> I have a better question, Campbell. Frisky fantasy. Can, can I use the Tyco drum with this? <laughs> you know what? I was thinking of you while I was playing this, and I don't know. I think it would be great, but I, honestly, given uh, like if, like I'm kind of building up to the mechanics are really simple, but they get oh so complicated when you add up, mm-hmm. rank, ratchet up the difficulty. And I think with a certain uh, the level of combinations you have to hit a lot of these buttons, and I'm not sure if the Tyco drums could do it for you. You know. <laughs> So um, this isn't a this isn't like a uh, like a two button game. Or four I'd say button. it's like a three button game probably, mm. <laughs> because you have to. Technically, it could be two button, but it also requires you to hit at least sometimes you have to hit two face buttons at the same time as well as the gotcha. control stick. So and that only happens on like the highest difficulty. But, you know, the simple difficulty is, like, really, really easy. But the higher up you go, it gets insane. Sometimes you have to hold hold one button for a really long time. Meanwhile, you have some red triggers that you're bopping along with underneath all that. And sometimes there's also the green ones you have to hold on to, which then you have to flick the control stick at the end of that in a certain direction. And mm-hmm. so when the tempo gets really fast, it can be a lot to take in at once. But it's oh, oh so satisfying when you get the hang of it. And I should add that it never feels like it's unfair or crazy with it. Like, it feels right for every song. And honestly, that's what I think is the best thing about this game. The mechanics, so simple, so easy to grasp. They can be, you know, they can be very intuitive, but also deeply challenging. And for each song, they're perfectly mapped. It just feels so right to the rhythm, to the melody of it. Like playing, for example, you're talking about One Winged Angel. One Winged Angel, the Final Fantasy VII remake version in theater rhythm, is amazing. It's intense. You're bopping along with, you know, red triggers to the little bum, 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 backing track, but then you have the control stick going up and down for the little flute um, trills going at the top. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You have that going on, and it just feels so fitting for every song to the point where. It, honestly, like, I think that I could close my eyes and I feel like the, the controls would feel natural. I wouldn't have to see the prompts. It would just feel right for how the song goes if you already know the song. I, I would you should try that <laughs> just I, I, I literally have <laughs> yeah it, it oh, works wow. it's great it's you know if you're if you're into percussion too like I, I I'm a drummer for the record and it's great like it it just feels so good the beats are so satisfying uh it just if the if you already love these Final Fantasy songs it is a wonderful way of recreating them of experiencing them and feeling like you're a part of them in a way the song goes yeah. on no matter whether you get the note right or not um like it's not does, like does, you know, is there like a, a discordant note that plays there is thing? not no oh, but here's where we get into the rpg element of it the song plays no matter what but mm. you have a party of characters this whole time and if you miss a note they get hurt if you miss too many notes they die they literally wow. just die in the middle of the song. The song stops, they keel over and die, and you get a game over. So that's where the RPG elements come in, because you've got to worry about not only just 
getting the rhythm right, but also equipping your party. And I should add that there is an enormous, enormous cast of characters for this game. You have at least four, between four to six characters from every mainline Final Fantasy game here, including some duplicates, like versions of characters from sequels and such. So like, for example, in the current party I have, I've got three versions of Yuna, one from Final Fantasy X, two from Final Fantasy X-2. You know, so it's like Yuna with a staff, <laughs> Yuna with guns, Yuna as a mm-hmm. pop star. Uh, so that's kind of hilarious. Okay, quick quick sidebar. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something I learned about very recently. Did you know that, yep. the, that the pop star aspect of Final Fantasy X-2, Final Fantasy X-2, I should say, uh, is like the intro of the game. I did like, know that. I've played I, that I, game. I just found that out very recently. Where I just I thought that was the whole game, but uh, <laughs> nope, just a small part. No, um, also I I love that because I played Final Fantasy X and Ten Two back to back, and I knew nothing about Ten Two. So I played Final Fantasy X, wow. and I was like, "This is amazing! I can't wait to see what they do for Ten Two. And it's literally J-pop in the first five minutes. And yeah. Like, okay, this is interesting. It's a bop, though. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Is it not like an actual sequel? I mean, or is it's it just a, the intro? No, it's it's a straight up secret. I, I, everybody thought that that game was like, oh, you're it's like a J-pop simulator, but it's it's not. It's still it's still <laughs> no. an RPG. I mean, it gotcha. is like after the events of Final Fantasy X, you know, and and the gang go on to become J-pop stars and such. But it does, um, it does, it is a JRPG, and it goes in some fun directions. Although yeah. one complaint I should I would have is that real emotion, the song that plays in the opening opening of Final Fantasy X two isn't included in the base Final Fantasy, in Theater Rhythm Final Bar line. It's DLC. Ah, and here we get to the meat Mm -hmm. of it. So let's talk about that aspect of it. Is there a season Start playing One Wing Angel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I'll need to check on that because I did get the deluxe version as part of the review code um, from Square Enix, so thank you, Square. Um, And it came with a lot of the DLC tracks, but not all of them and let me just look this up right now because there is like an abhorrent amount of dlc for this game <laughs> like yeah. well while you're looking that up i just i found i, I happened upon an interview with the uh director the series director of uh theater rhythm final bar line mm-hmm. uh masanobu suzui right um, who has a great quote here about final fantasy is music right uh that was Very the tentative title they they came up with the game was final fantasy is music which is pretty funny exactly what it is and there is a season pass um which has dlc add-ons are include 90 songs spanning not just theater rhythm final fantasy the final fantasy series but also games across the square enix universe you've got octopath traveler you've got uh romancing saga of all things a whole bunch a whole bunch of uh, maybe some dragon quest there's dragon quest in there too um yeah, I know, and some romancing saga uh, was included in the deluxe version. I know, as well as there's also going to be the world ends with you in the DLC pack. Near, oh, oh, nice. I wonder if there's some some Kingdom Hearts music. Probably, uh, most some likely. simple and clean, maybe. One would hope. <laughs> Interesting. What's a? It's funny. Uh, I I thought I knew what this game was. And after hearing you describe it, I am pleasantly surprised that it is nothing like I expected. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it's wonderful. It's fantastic. Like I will say, the the DLC is probably the biggest drawback to it, just because there's so much of it. You look up Theater Rhythm on the eShop right now, and you will just be have pages of individual DLC packs to get for this game, which yeah, wow. I understand. That's kind of what you gotta do with rhythm games. It's easy to sell extra songs. It, to me, it's just a shame whenever that happens, because these are wonderful, wonderful songs, wonderful gameplay that's unnecessarily locked behind a paywall. It's like, come on, guys, just just put it in the base game. It It's lacking without it. Imagine, you know, okay, I should, one thing I should back up a bit here is that the organization of the game is you both have like a playlist, you can play individual songs, there's an online multiplayer mode, and there's also a... Not quite a story mode, but a campaign mode is what it's called, which groups the stages together by games in the series. So it's like, here's a campaign for Final Fantasy X, and it has like eight songs for Final Fantasy X in like an order that's roughly akin to the pro progression of the game. Sure. So it's like, all right, here's your, you know, here's the opening. The first song is to Xanarkand, and then here's the typical battle theme. Then here's the boss theme. Here's the the boss fight with uh, Seymour, and then here is, um, I can't remember the name of the vocal song that's in uh, Final Fantasy X, uh, Suteki Dane, something like that. Oh, I, um, I couldn't tell you, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's like that, where it has songs throughout that represent each stage of the game. It ends with the final boss theme or the credits theme. It's like a miniature version of the game um, in musical form. Uh, which is really great. It's fun to see how they represent those moments. Uh, but then you get to like something like Final Fantasy X-2, and it opens like the first track is just like the opening field theme. I'm like, excuse me? This is supposed to be real emotion. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let me have my J-pop, guys. So yeah. it's weird like that, but that is an exception case. The rest of the campaigns are pretty solid that way, with great, great sections from throughout um another thing that makes them really fun too is the art style of the game these characters are cute little chibi models uh of the characters from from their respective games and it's fun to see how they represent them not just the main characters but also enemies on screen bosses from uh each entry in the game like seeing a little chibi version of kefka from final fantasy 6 is adorable then seeing their attempt <laughs> at a chibi version of the final boss from final fantasy 6 you know that gothic horrible mass uh is also really cute too um and in addition to all that you know each stage has backgrounds that represent the area of the game where the song took place so whether that's a field or for again for final fantasy 6 if that's like a castle for edgar and saban's castle or if it's midgar for final fantasy 7 they really try to make each song feel like it's a real section of the game to remind you of that part of the game so if you played that game before it's like a really great great bit of nostalgia Although, at times, I will say that the art style they went for here can be unintentionally hilarious, given a few songs and a few moments that they chose to present. So, for example, there's in Final Fantasy VI, in like the second half of the game, there's a wonderful moment where uh, the world ends and Celeste contemplates suicide, right? Um, and they have that, that moment as a level in the Final Fantasy VI campaign in this game. And the icon for it is Celeste's cute little chibi icon looking mildly sad. 
You oh, just have no. that in the background. Like, she's just got a little <laughs> frowny face on it. And I'm like, oh, oh in the game, this is where she throws herself off a cliff. She's not just, like, a little frowny face right now. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at some screenshots on the eShop right now, and it's exactly what you described, Campbell. Like, some of this, I'm like, yeah, I can see this working. I'm, I'm looking at the Final Fantasy 15 boys, and, like, yeah, mm-hmm. they all look great. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm looking over a couple things over to Final Fantasy 12, and, like, <laughs> like... <laughs> Balfir and oh, and Balfir looks Fran. Fran like is Van. ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't look great in my mind, but no. I imagine it's different when you're actually playing the game. No, I mean FF12 is probably the weakest bunch <laughs> of the gotcha. weakest campaign. Not not only because of the designs, but also just because of the very nature of the music in FF12. You know, compared to other games in the series, the soundtrack of FF12, to me at the very least, isn't the most memorable. Whoa. Like, yeah, I know. Hot take right there. As someone who played seventy hours of Final Fantasy 12 when I was 18. I uh, disagree with you, but that's wow. just me. Cameron, this is a game this is a Final Fantasy game that does not have a battle theme. Just Oh well, yeah, cuz you're cuz you're roaming the world. You're, right. You're but that's really... it though. There's not like that yeah, that substantial that one song you hear over and over and over again. You know, everybody that's knows true. the Final Fantasy 7 battle theme, the Final Fantasy 6 battle theme, FF10, all that kind of stuff. Like those themes are iconic and give the game its identity. I feel like without that, FF12 kind of suffered just a little bit, a little understandable. bit, understandable. But it does have a great chocobo theme. That is very true. And I, ha- I was, I was about to ask that Campbell, how many of the chocobo themes are in this? Oh, there was all the chocobo themes. There was oh, literally nice. a campaign for not just all the chocobo themes, but for the chocobo mystery dungeon games. Oh, wow. like, they have campaigns for the spinoffs too. What it's a not deep just, cut. yeah, there's not just chocobo mystery dungeon. There's Dissidia. There's Final Fantasy Mobius. Uh, there is uh, Type Zero, uh, Crisis Core, and a few others too. Like they really went deep. Oh, I, with and I see here. I'm, I'm looking again. I'm on the eShop right now. I'm looking at the. Oh boy, I'm looking at the Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line Premium Digital Deluxe Edition. Heck yeah. Premium Digital Deluxe, uh, which includes tracks from Live Alive uh, and Near, as well yeah. uh, as. Something called the Chrono Pack. I can only imagine that's Chrono Trigger. Chrono, Chrono, yeah, Chrono Trigger. Cross. Chrono Cross. Mm. Um, wow. We've got a. Uh, we've got oh boy, Mana Pack. What could that be? Uh, like Legend of Mana. Legend of Mana. Secrets of Mana. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, all yeah. fifteen Final Fantasies are here. Yes. Yeah, all wow. fifteen of them plus all of those spinoffs and thirteen one, thirteen two, thirteen three. Yep. Oh yeah, thirteen, thirteen wow. one, thirteen two, thirteen three. I've not touched thirteen two and three. For obvious reasons, but thirteen one pretty good. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> have you have you had a chance to mess around with the multiplayer at all? Or? I have, yeah, and it's fine. You sure. know, it's okay. The connection, the matchmaking is hit or miss. Sometimes it takes a really long time to find a match. With I don't know if that's yeah. a matchmaking issue or if just not enough people are, you know, really into competitive online theater rhythm final bar line. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So there's that, but uh, it is pretty fun. I will say the main issue with it is it goes. It's not just the main the main gameplay loop. Like there are options for how you play it. Um, so it's basically where you have four other players playing at the same time and just seeing who gets a, a better high score. 
right, compared to each other. Um, oh, so, it's, so it's competitive in that way. Yeah, it's competitive in that way. It's like, oh, you know, he, the player one got 100% criticals and never missed a single trigger, whereas, you wow. know, I missed... Player, you know, player one sounds like a badass. Right? Yeah, honestly, like, if, whenever I log on to the match and I see, like, a player in Japanese, I'm like, oh, no, I'm doomed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, I know you're going to be weirdly skilled at this, and I don't know yes. why. And you're level That's 99, and I'm like, how? Clearly how. But what you have in addition to that is there's also a mechanic they added just for the online mode called Burst, uh, which I am not a fan of at all. It's basically like trophies in Smash Bros. where there's these abilities you can earn based on the amount of you know critical hits or hits that you get. Gotcha. And then it's like, all right, you can trigger um, a Moogle dance, and one of the players, their screens will be covered with dancing Moogles. And now they can't see what triggers are coming up, and then maybe they'll miss some notes. Or they'll start... Um, there's a few other abilities. Like, now judgment timing is really, really strict. So if you don't get super critical hits, you're going to miss the beat, even if you still hit it roughly on time. You know, which I understand that those are like your party game, you know, elements of randomization and things like that. But it's just a little frustrating when you're on the receiving end of it. You know, it like yeah. it messes off. It throws off the groove, you know. Um, it's all about having a groove. And it is. To it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the multiplayer is fine. I wouldn't say it's like a selling point of the game. The main selling point being just... Um, experiencing all these songs, seeing how they how they present them with the cute little chibi characters, and mm-hmm. playing with them over and over again on high, progressively higher difficulties to test your skill. So nice. Uh, where where do you find yourself uh, messing around with the difficulty? Are you leaving it like at, at medium or like where do you where do you go with this? So I've been working my way my way up to it. Some songs have like four levels of difficulty, whereas some only have three. I think I know some have five. So it's kind of random. Damn. Yeah, so there's like basic, there's expert, there's ultimate, and then like super ultimate or something like that. I don't remember what the fourth the fourth level is called because I've I've not dared to challenge it. But I'm mostly on expert mode right now just because it's the to me it's the nicest combination of being mildly challenging without too frustrating. However, for the songs that I really have loved, like you know, for example, real emotion or um. Uh, One Winged Angel or Dancing Mad from Final Fantasy VI, you know, those songs, or also the the battle theme from Final Fantasy XIII, which is one of my favorite battle themes in the whole franchise. It's fantastic. Um, plus, they have 15 remixes of battle, battle on the Big Bridge from Final Fantasy V, which is another banger. Um, so I've been testing out those songs that I really like and build, progressively umpi- bumping up the difficulty on them. So I'm up to, like... Um, ultimate difficulty on a lot of those and i have no intention of slowing down too so i'm like gonna try and get like you know at super s rank on all of them (laughs) so is this the type of game like taiko where you choose the difficulty before you go into the um the song itself yeah okay cool yeah the ui the ui is a little confusing that way because you can choose both your party uh, because there's like literally dozens and dozens i think even hundreds of characters to choose from so you can have like five or like five pre-selected parties that you can choose at the start um plus you can select the difficulty before each song and sometimes like you toggle the difficulty with the l and r bumpers but you toggle the party with the left and right um pads so I've gotten those mixed up in the past where I'm like, wait, this gotcha. isn't the right party. Shows and I'm on max one. and now I'm on max difficulty. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> so it's a little confusing, but once you get the hang of it, it's fine. 
can you play as some of the other characters, like the Chocobo and stuff? Uh, I haven't unlocked a Chocobo, so I don't know about that. But you can have a Moogle accompanying you okay. the entire time. Like, it's like the, Red 13 in there? Red 13 like is in there, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you've got Zack, you've got Red 13, all, um, basically all the main cast of each Final Fantasy game. Wait, Zack? Is it Zack from Crisis Core? Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm, t- I'm telling wow. you, they included everything in this they went, game. They went deep. That's why Except I, Final Fantasy 16. Except Final Fantasy 16, but well, God <laughs> knows that's going to be DLC. Well, I wonder, because, I'm, again, I'm looking at this this uh, dig- premium digital deluxe edition, and there are um, season three, uh, season pass three tracks that are, have question marks, so I wonder if those are going to be Final Fantasy 16. When is season pass three uh, scheduled to release? It doesn't... Say, um, it doesn't say. All right. Well, then, I mean, Final Fantasy 16 is coming out what this summer, right? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, like, there you go. Because season, pa- season pass one is the Saga Pack, Live Alive, World Ends with You, Near, and Saga. Uh, season pass two is Near Pack Volume Two, Chrono Packs Volume One and Two, Mana Pack, and Oxbeth Traveler. And the season pass three, uh, Saga Pack Volume Three, Mana Pack Volume Two, Xenogears Pack, and then two question mark. Uh, packs, I so it could all. be Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, I need all of those DLC, by the way, too. I need Life Alive in this game. I'm just saying, but yeah, that yeah. would be amazing. Oh, well, listen, that sound. Listen, I, I, <laughs> I went into this discussion being like, what are we going to talk about for for this game? Like, how how in, how interesting can a rhythm game really be? And listen, egg on my face. This sounds amazing, yeah. um, and I love I love the detail that like the game doesn't punish you for messing up uh, with the music because the music they're like leave the music alone, you know, right. like because you're playing a guitar here, you mess up, it you know it makes it like kunk, it makes like a like a like a sound yeah. like <laughs> the player messed up, you know what I mean? Whereas this game, it's just like okay, your party dies. But the music plays on, you know, yeah. which, is, which is kind of what it's all about. <laughs> the right? show must go on. The show yeah. must go on, yes. Yeah. I, I will say that's one, one of my minor gripes of the game is that the RPG elements feel slightly tacked on. Sure. Uh, just because, like, the emphasis is 100% on the music, right? And the nice thing is if, you, if you're good enough, if you get good enough at this game, you can just completely ignore the RPG elements entirely. You know, if you never miss a beat, you're never going to get hit so you don't need to worry about equipping better items or prepare uh upgrading your characters or equipping new abilities oh sure but if you miss a few beats or if you want to go for the optional quests that come along with each stage in the campaign where it's like defeat x amount of enemies defeat um this optional boss um unlock two treasure chests, deal this amount of damage, then you need to spend a little bit of time upgrading your characters, equipping items as they level up, and equipping abilities as they level up, which is fine, but to me it's a bit of a distraction from the core rhythm gameplay, because then you have to spend some time fiddling into the menus, going into each character's sub-menu, equipping or unequipping the abilities, uh, min-maxing your party, yeah, and, and I should add that the it's wonderful that they have so many characters in this game, but when you have like 90 plus characters to choose from, it's a little hard to use all of them because then you're going to end up with a few core characters are like, you know, level 90 or whatever, your favorites, and then everyone else is going to just fall by the wayside at level one, right? Is so, there, 
it's kind of a follow-up to that. Mm-hmm. Is there a benefit to, ha- like, what's the benefit to having multiple characters leveled up? Like, does it matter? Yeah, they they deal more damage. So if you want well, sure, to... Well, sure, but I'm saying, like, like, if you have a party of four leveled up, like, yeah. is there any benefit to, to getting everybody else leveled up? Well, yeah, so that way you can actually use those characters. <laughs> sure. That's, that's what I'm I mean. Saying, like, like, if you're trying to do these other objectives, right, and you don't want right. to have a party of Cloud, Tifa, Aerith, and Barrett the whole time, <laughs> you I know. See, I, I see no problems with that party. I mean, it's fine, but, like, why would you do that when, again, you could have a party of three Yunas and Kefka and Sephiroth or whatever. <laughs> like, the game lets you be stupid. Be stupid wow. with it, All you right. know? So that's, like, the, it's nice that the RPG elements are there for those who care about them, but to me, it also is, like, a bit of a hindrance on the fan service side of it because, like, you can't really focus on both. Yeah, you can play, you can create all these crazy parties, but if you're going to create these weird parties with a whole bunch of different characters in them, then the min-maxing role-playing elements of it are going to suffer just a little bit. Again, this isn't a major criticism at all. You can just ignore all those mechanics and just focus on the rhythm and you'll be happy. But it's just a large part of the game that feels, you know, a little bit tacked on to me at the very least. Nice. Well, listen, nothing's perfect. You know, Mm -hmm. everything everything must have a Mm. fatal flaw. (laughs) Um, Right, yeah. But that sounds like a blast, to be honest. Um, I, I again, I'm not like a diehard Final Fantasy guy. Like I have my, I have my like my three Final Fantasy games that I played a ton of, mm-hmm. and then I've dabbled right. in a bunch of the other ones. But the music has always been a highlight. Like I, I will always be down to throw on some Final Fantasy music to to like write to or, or just listen to in the background. Right. Um, so this game sounds yeah. perfect for like the casual Final Fantasy fan, even if you're not a diehard. That's exactly it. And literally earlier today, as I was, I was, I sat down to do a bunch of writing, and I turned on like a, re, a playlist of just Final Fantasy boss themes and boss theme remixes. And Whoa! What were amazing. you writing? Everything, man. <laughs> I'm firstly, part of this review. <laughs> I was like, all right, battle on the big bridge time, y'all. Let's make this happen. Damn. It's time to make it. It's time to finish this. <laughs> it's time to Let's finish go. this. Turn yeah. a one winged angel, and it's like I'm inspired now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm inspired, and also I need to like punch the guy downstairs. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Right. Uh, exactly. well, any other, any any final thoughts about? Uh, oh boy, final theater rhythm, final, final bar, bar line. line. Yes. Uh, final thoughts on final bar line. Uh, <laughs> firstly, horrible title, wonderful game. If you are a big Final Fantasy fan, you'll adore this game. This is just such an amazing tribute to the series, packed with fan service. Uh, and even if you're not a huge Final Fantasy fan, if you're like a bit of a casual, you've dabbled in it, you know, there's still so much to love here. You will learn about Final Fantasy. You will discover songs that you've never heard before. You know, like I pl- I've never finished Final Fantasy 13. Well, I say finished, I never played it. There's that. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew some songs from Final Fantasy 13. I knew the battle theme and I'm like, hey, this is fantastic. But I started encountering so many more songs just by playing through the Final Fantasy 13 campaign. Same for Final Fantasy 11 because that's an MMO that was in like the early 2000s. Like it was literally gone before I had access to a computer. So I never got to play that game or hear the music from it. But playing the, its campaign in Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, I got to learn a bit more about what made this game so special and beloved by those who played it. So it's really a wonderful tour de force of Final Fantasy history. So if you love Final Fantasy, if you love music, if you love rhythm games, you know, any combination of those, 
you're gonna have a great time with Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. Final Fantasy awesome. Theater Rhythm, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line. Good there God. It <laughs> should have been called Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line, so that way we could have criticized it over having final exactly. at the beginning of the title and the beginning <laughs> after the colon. Exactly. Mark, that is an amazing point. A good Square Enix game should always have something in the title that you need and to And repeat its title, of course. Well, what you need... No, it should have been Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm S... <laughs> Final Bar Line Deluxe Edition. Something like that. You know? Yeah. Part one. Part uh, one. <laughs> yes. Um, that's extremely good. All right. Well, I guess we will look for your... Do you think your review will be published by the time we uh, do this episode? Uh, hopefully, yeah. I've got a full draft going. So it should be up either right when this episode goes up or shortly thereafter. Lovely. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on uh, Goombastomp.com for Campbell's full review of this game. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got an indie spotlight that will maybe lead to a longer discussion. Uh, so stay tuned. And we will be right back. back so uh mark and i have been playing I'm actually playing it literally as we speak uh, grim guardians demon purge a new game from the uh developers over at into creates um who created uh mighty gun well, hold on is it mighty gunvolt or uh what is it called what are these games called uh, azure striker gunvolt. azure striker oh boy azure striker all the gunvolt games um they did gunvolt. as well as yeah blaster master zero um and notably uh, the games that I know them from, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon, and Curse of the Moon 2, which were kind of uh, pixelated spinoffs from the Bloodstained Castlevania mm-hmm. knockoff games. Um, and this is their newest return to a Castlevania-style game. I think we can comfortably yes. call it that, right? Uh, but it's Mark's that weird style that Bloodstained used, where it's a mix between the Metroidvania and the classic A to B format. So for the yes. most part, there is like exploration in this, and there are ways when you go back into levels that you could take like different routes and stuff. But for the most part, it's literally like you start at the first room, and then the goal is to get to the boss. And there are yes. other collectibles along the way, so it's not really Metroidvania per se. They do like call it that, but it's like. 
it, it's more so A to B classic Castlevania trilogy. I was I was expecting. I mean, I watched a trailer. Uh, great trailer, I will say. I watched a trailer of this game a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh, this looks amazing! It looks like a mess. It looks like a Metroidvania." And then mm. playing it, I was a little bit surprised that it is very uh, straightforward, old school. Like it is, you go to stages and you complete a stage, mm-hmm. uh, rather than like a huge open. Like, I was expecting more Symphony Symphony of the Night, yes, less based you know, on the trailer. Yeah. One exactly. Um, st- I, I think. Well, we'll get into it, I guess. Um, Mark was a little colder on this game than I think I am, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, about which I'm very, I'm, I'm very disappointed to say. I don't think this game is bad. I, I don't think that at all. It's still mm. like a fine game, but you know, considering this is the same developers who created Curse of the Moon and Curse of the Moon Two, like maybe the teams were a little different. They say it's like partially the same team and stuff. But those games were just so impressive. That was Curse of the Moon, I think was the first game I ever talked about on the podcast. I think that was the first episode I ever did. But they're just such impressive side-scrollers. I would argue they're just as good as the classic Castlevania games. They're super creative. The level design is super challenging. It's very thought-provoking in the way of how it wants you to explore the levels and take different routes and use its characters. And I think this game... Go ahead. just doesn't succeed on like any of that i think the backgrounds are very bland the level design is super repetitive in many ways i think the two main characters you get to play as the idea of swapping between them is interesting but i don't like the death system that's going on where if you're I killed as one agree. you have to so glad, you have to go back so a bunch I just think the structure of this game and the level design is super weird. Like the controls, it nails the controls. The controls are perfect. I love the way it controls. It controls great. But I feel like everything else, it just kind of struggles with. And I don't, it's like this game is passable. That's how I see it as. I would play Curse of the Moon and Curse of the Moon 2 any day of the week. This game is like, I played it once, like, it was an interesting thing to go into, to say the least, but I would never touch it again, sadly. Which is sad to say, because Into Creates, again, like, fantastic studio, all their previous work is fantastic, but this game is just, I, I don't think it lives up to Curse of the Moon or, or Curse of the Moon 2 at all, in any regard. Interesting. I, I haven't played Curse of the Moon 2, but Curse of the Moon, uh, the original, was one of the first games I bought for my Switch, actually, back in the a couple of years ago when I when I first got a Switch. Um, yeah, my first title for Switch were like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Curse of the Moon, and uh, that No More Heroes spinoff. Oh, yeah. Travis Strikes. Travis Strikes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, those are my first... I don't ask me why. Uh, those are my first game for Switch. Horrible. Um, I'm so sorry, my camera. <laughs> I like, listen, we'll, we can talk about that another time. I like yeah. that game. Yeah, it was uh, okay, but like, there's but by Suda 51 standards, there's so much oh, better, crazier stuff. <laughs> anyway, has hit the highest heights in my in my opinion. Curse of the Moon's um, fantastic. Yeah. That actually, Curse that game cool. got me like super into indie games. Yeah. I was just so did, impressed yeah. by it. Yeah. It's a, it's I was a so phenomenal. By Curse it's of the a Moon. phenomenal yeah. example of what it, like when an indie game takes inspiration 
from a Stone Cold yeah. classic like Castlevania mm-hmm. and puts their own spin on it. Like it is a perfect example of that. Yeah, and, and also can... you have to put you know you have to put time into context for this game too because where Grim Guardians kind of suffers is the fact that we're so into this age where there now there's like so many good Castlevania like games <laughs> that it's yes. like there's so many better games to play. But when Curse of the Moon came out, and Curse of the Moon is still fantastic, but don't get me wrong. But, like, now there's, like, hundreds of these types of games. And when Curse of the Moon came out, everyone was so desperate for anything, like, that was remotely like Castlevania. So I think, you know, those games had a huge one-up on this one in terms of time. But still, even in that regard, like, I still don't think this is a great game. Like, I still think it has a lot of problems. Yeah, I want to, Campbell, I want to throw it to you because you, you had something to say. Yeah, I was just going to add to Mark. Earlier you mentioned that uh, Curse of the Moon was um, al- al- almost as good or if not as good as the classic Castlevania games. And to me, mm-hmm. just from, from my two cents, I think it's better than the classic Castlevania games. <laughs> because here's the thing. I can finish Curse of the Moon. I can't finish any of like the fir- the classic oh, sure. NES Castlevania Damn, games. get good, Campbell. Well, how yeah, about Mark? I tried... <laughs> getting good have you tried having a life though (laughs) (laughs) like i don't have time to deal with this bs in the classic nes games like to be fair i haven't i haven't finished castlevania 2 ever but i have finished one and three yeah sounds like someone else needs to get good i'm just saying um i I think it's worth saying like like those games are like legendarily difficult and of course they were released Mm -hmm. in an age when games were designed to be like as to be difficult, difficult as yes. possible um, mm-hmm. and I, I think playing if you're playing on um, on a switch and you have any access to NES online you can you know you can make use of save states and stuff like that to uh, mm. or to rather the Castlevania experience. collection yeah the Castlevania collection there you go uh, can make your experience a little bit more um, easier to digest shall we say mm-hmm. uh, but yeah no, no shame in not being able to, to crank through an old-school game they're 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 hard, yeah, they're hard games yeah, yeah. I want to bring it back around to a point you made earlier, Mark. Um, the way this game handles character death is interesting. Are you playing on infinite lives mode, or are you playing with uh, like old school mode? I was going to start through old school, and then there was one point where I got frustrated on a boss, so I switched over. Which boss? Um, was it the plant the boss? One... No, 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 no. It was... Okay. Um... He's in like the depths of the cavern, and there's like a pirate ship in the background. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was getting, hard. I was getting a bit frustrated with him, so I switched it over. Yeah, totally understandable. Um, yeah, but even so, then, before that, the the platforming in that level, I feel like oh, it's just brutal. No, I don't even think it's brutal. I think it's like all the same. Like I never felt like something different was going on. Like, I never thought I was being, like, challenged by something new or a new type of enemy or something I had to think around. Like, th- this game throws ideas around that are cool. Like, you go into a room and it's like the chandelier turns into, like, the steampunk monster and it's, like, chasing you across the ceiling. And it's like, these are cool ideas, but I don't think they're utilized in a good way because as long as you stand still for this, like, enemy, you could just, like, take out the fire blast with any of your weapons and it's, like, it's super easy to get around, I feel like. I feel like yeah. I'm not having any trouble with this game. There's like, it should be challenging or making me rethink of how I approach enemies like the other Castlevania and Curse of the Moon games. And it's like, it just doesn't. 
It just it feels yeah. super bland in terms of design. I think that's the game's biggest flaw because it is creative with like its characters and its world and and stuff like that. But it's just the gameplay is not where it should be. And it's not yeah. bad. Again, it's not bad. It's not the worst thing it's, out it's there. It's not bad, but it's not amazing. It's not it, amazing, and it's not great either. Yeah, because we, we've got two playable characters, right? And you can kind of swap between them, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is kind of the hook of this game, right? So you have your... Um, Shinobu. Uh, thank you, yes. You have Shinobu and you have Maya. And Shinobu mm -hmm. has an anti-demon machine gun, which is, you know, like, like, like you all have. <laughs> uh... And so she's like your long-range fighter. And I'm sorry, Shinobi. 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 I'm so sorry. Uh, Shinobi yes. and uh, Maya. So Shinobi's your long-range fighter. She's got your anti-demon machine gun, uh, which can shoot pretty much like uh, maybe like three-quarters of the way across the screen. All of her mm -hmm. sub-weapons are, are like long-range. Um, mm -hmm. Stuff grenade. like she's bombs and stuff. Bombs, yeah. grenades. She's got a knife that can go kind of at an angle, like your classic uh, Castlevania sub-weapons. Uh, Maya is short-range, uh, massively powerful, but she can only attack like a few uh, frame, not frames, a few pixels like ahead of her. Um, mm -hmm. And her and her sub-weapons are like traversal-based, which is, which is very interesting. But I agree with you, Mark. They're not utilized as effectively as I hoped they yeah. would. Yeah. Like, like I was going to say, the first sub-weapon you get with Shinobi is like the, the knife that can go in one direction. Because of the right. angle it goes on, there is not like a single enemy you could use that thing on in the f whole first level. Wait, it's pointless. What? They should have gave you the bomb first. Wait, Mark, what angle does this knife go at? It's, it's <laughs> like it goes... upward. It's like a diagonal upward angle. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's tricky it's just... to aim, basically. Yes. Uh, well, that's the thing. There's nothing to aim at in the well, first level, and then you get your next. Then you get your next sub weapon, and it's a million times better. So it's like, why do I even have this thing to begin with? Right. Yeah. And, and like, and, and Maya's one of the unlockable sub weapons for Maya, the second character, is uh, the paper crane. Yes, which, which should super, be more useful. Should be great. Like, like the concept of it is brilliant. Like, you you throw down this origami paper crane that turns into a platform that you can jump on. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, great. This is going to open up the world. It's going to let me like platform around. But the way, I mean, I don't know if I'm just bad at games or what, but no, I, I it's, ne it's useless. You it's could jump kind of, over every platformer, every platform. Yeah. It, it, there's so no it, point like, to it. And, and even in the, even in the pause menu, it tells you like, oh, you can like angle how this platform goes. I never figured <laughs> that out. Have you been able to figure that out? <laughs> me too. No, I haven't been able to figure it out. Yeah. Either. Like, I, I don't know if it's like a glitch in our game or what, but it's like there, you should be able to, to throw this, this paper crane anywhere and like open up your platforming, right? Like that, I feel like that's what they wanted mm. you to do. But uh, but as it stands, you just kind of throw it down, often lower than where you want to be. Mm. So it's like it, it's usefulness as a platforming tool is is very low. Or the other problem was that because of the time it takes to use your sub weapon and swap around and stuff, I felt like there was no point in using them to begin with. Like again, the water yeah. boss. It's a it's a room where you're fighting like this ghost pirate. And it's like, it's an awesome scenario and like the floor breaks and you could fall into the water and stuff like that. And it's like, this should be a good time to use this thing. But the thing is, the challenge of jumping over platforms is way more exciting and thrilling than using this stupid crane that you could stand on. It's just like, it's a waste of time because by the time you throw the crane down, you already hit the boss like five times. Exactly. I found, I, 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 overca I was having a similar problem with that boss, Mark, where I was like, I just kept dying over and over and over again. 
And finally, I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to run up to this boss and smack him in the face like 20 yeah, times. Yeah, and then you and beat then it in like, one try. <laughs> and then I beat it in one try. And I was like, oh, I, okay. So all these interesting mechanics we've introduced, like I don't have to engage with them at, at all. It's yeah. like, okay, kind of interesting. Um, that said, like I like the concept of being able to swap between characters with different specialties. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, it's not again. I'm only halfway through this game, so maybe maybe that massively changes in the final chapter or something. I like... I don't think it does. I <laughs> I haven't beaten the final boss yet. I'll say sure. that as of this recording. But it, things just haven't gotten better. I'm still using uh, the base weapons. I don't care about the sub weapons all that much. It's just yeah. I feel like the you know there's that fun aspect of Curse of the Moon and Castlevania where it's like you get the Holy Cross or the water or it's like there's so much fun to use and there's unique ways to use them against the enemies and right. in this game it's just like it doesn't have that like yeah it's a bomb you could throw but on the other hand it's like you could be jumping around swinging a sword or figuring out how to strategically use your basic gun so it's like I don't see a need to use this weapon because not only is it like it's not fun to use I feel like design-wise, I'm having less enjoyment when I'm using these things. And and I think and uh, again, tell me if this changes, Mark. Uh, one of the like the sub weapons, the sub weapons are limited, right? Like you yes, get... you do have like a magic meter and stuff you like that. It's like meter. amount of points. Yeah. Does it grow over the course of the game? Because again, I'm I'm halfway through this game and I still have only twenty points. Um. It's been a few days since I played, but I don't believe so. I'm pretty that's sure you crazy. stick to 40 points, which is 40, like classic. Okay. But here's the thing. That's like classic Castlevania where you collect the hearts and it goes up to, I think it's 35 in the originals. Sure. Well, still, so 35 I think, is, I think it makes sense. Than 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, no, 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 no. You have 40 in this game. Uh, well, I disagree. Unless I'm again, unless I haven't I unlocked it was 40. something yet. I have I have twenty so far. Maybe maybe there is something to unlock later. But uh, but I, I only have twenty points in my sub weapon. Uh, it's also again like it's been a it's been a few days since I played. Sure. No, listen. So I mean, okay. So jury's out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's like it's just interesting. Like the the I think the 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 ingredients are there. Oh yeah, but absolutely. The, but yeah. but the way they're prepared and presented is a little lacking. Is the humor landing for you? Does that does that stick out to you at all? No, I never thought it landed. To be honest, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't think the story the story is really odd too. Because I think it could work if it were more if this game was like more bombastic and out there. Yes, like I think agree. it would be hysterical the setting because you have Fully these two agree. these two high school girls who are living. Is it Japan? I think it's Japan at the opening the cutscene, sure. but. <laughs> somewhere somewhere east <laughs> but somewhere they're east. <laughs> <laughs> but they're living out their lives and then all of a sudden their school turns into this massive castle who's run by this demon girl and it's like and all of a sudden it's like they throw off their outfits and they're actually like these like gothic horror demon hunters hunters. (laughs) and it's like this should be like i feel like there should be a punchline here but the writing is just not great and the voice acting which when you're using your weapons and stuff oh my god the voice clips annoys me so much it's a little grating it's it's grating it's it's just not a great design choice yeah it's interesting. Like I was, because uh, I, I counter this in um, Octopath Traveler as well. Like if I hear Primrose say, "I'm ready," one more time, <laughs> I'm gonna just gonna explode, gonna shoot myself it's in the head. Right. Like oh my god! Honestly, um, that's part of the reason why I haven't gone back and done 
the final boss. And it's because when you get to those ending levels and you're starting to do more at a rapid pace, and you keep hearing those same voice clips over and over and over and yeah. over again. It's like, it just gets so annoying. Like, I'm I'm really like just like done with the game. Like, by the time I got close to the end, I was like, why am I playing this? Like, in the amount of time it's taken me to do one run of this game, I could have played a whole run, maybe even two, of Curse of the Moon. Yeah. And, and, and this, it's like, when you start comparing it, like, I was just telling, but before we start recording... I was just comparing um, playing this game to uh, another kind of retro-inspired game that uh, I've been playing recently, which is, of course, Shovel Knight by the mm-hmm. Fantastic Yacht Club Games. Uh, Shout-outs to past guest Celia Schilling. Uh, and I had been enjoying Grim Guardians. I had been enjoying it for what it was. Like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's like, decently fun. It's fun enough, I think we can say. Mm-hmm. It's fun enough. Yeah, it's not a horrible um, game. It's Again, not a like, horrible it's game. It's decent. It's but decent then, at best. But then when you put it up against a, like, a truly great game. Yes. That's like, in, like, such as your, your Curse of the Moon, your, your Shovel Knights. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap. Like, I It see. really this, starts this the show, I'm, yeah. This is what I'm wanting. Like, something that's, that's a, a little more rewarding, a little more interesting. Um... I don't think again. It, it's weird. It, it's always hard to talk about a game that's that's kind of mid like this, because mm-hmm. like you, you might you know if you if you like Inti Creates, if you like old school Castlevania, if you like, uh, it's got a little bit of River City Girls. Like the style is very River City Girls, mm-hmm. um, this kind of over the top anime style. Um, but then there's there's just a little like a little something missing with the actual gameplay itself. Yeah, that's um, the other thing. You don't have like those fun elements like. You know, perfect example is Shovel Knight with like the 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 shovel bounce. It's like what a great mechanic, and it's like incredible. This game needs something. I don't want to say something like the shovel bounce, but it needs something that perhaps combines the two characters at once, or each of them have a special move that's worth using to traverse around the environment. Like there has to be something here. Like one was something that annoys me, and I don't know if I've. I don't even remember if I did figure it out because it's been a few days, but there's like uh, there's like points where you can like crawl under certain spaces. Yes. But it's uh, like... Uh, Maya is uh, yes. shorter than Shinobi and so can yeah, crawl. Yes. She can... She can, she can uh, <laughs> why no Metroid crawl? Uh, she can do the uh, full body like crawl on the ground kind of thing mm. to go into shorter... But I feel like uh, stuff like that should be yes. utilized. Like, Agreed. this seems like a great opportunity to do something cool with the gameplay, whether that's, like, crawling around. And, you know, it's supposed to be, like, a school turned into a castle, so I feel like that setting should be used, too, where it's, like, why aren't yeah. I able to, like, crawl around, like, the air vents or, like, like a certain room that's, like, inspired? It just... It's missing those elements of inspiration, and it all, at the end of the day, feels very bland. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, it's funny. I hadn't really thought about the backgrounds until you mentioned the backgrounds being bland. But it's like they really are. Um, yeah, like, once you it, once you really start to notice, it's like they're exactly. super empty. They're just pretty empty. Which is again because the game has it has a lot of style. Like the yes, enemy, the opening cutscene especially. The opening cutscene is great uh, when they throw off their school clothes and they're in like these like awesome. Like, yes. like leather boosty, like it's like it looks cool. It's like a bayonetta moment. It's, it's like it's, it's a, super. A total, it's a cool reveal. Yeah, exactly. The character, the enemy designs are like pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but overall, the environments are like kind of meh, like not very memorable. Like, e- even though every level has a distinct theme, 
they don't strike me as particularly different from each other, other than maybe mm. the caves. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't remember what the second level was, but I remember the, the boss at the end was like a rabbit with like an electric guitar. That that boss is cool. Uh, it's like, yeah. it's like a... But I don't like, remember the rest of the level at all. I'm sorry. Same. I'm just going to chip in here and say there's a rabbit with an electric guitar in this well, case. Well, yes. So I don't think... I mean, listen, uh, spoilers, I guess, um, for okay. this indie game. Um, uh, it's kind of revealed that you are, the the bosses that you are fighting are perhaps your fellow students who have been transformed into monsters. Oh, wow. Um, mm -hmm. So one of your students has is a musician who has been transformed into like a, like a human-sized rabbit who is like a punk rock rabbit. Um, mm. and, they, and they battle by playing a guitar and, and sending sound waves at you and stuff. It's, like, kind of okay. cool. Yeah. Um, that does sound cool, but, like, hearing you guys talk about this game, like, I can't help but wonder, like, what is the vibe this game is going for? Because you're talking, the about the it humor and, have you're talking about the humor and not landing, but the plot and the settings you're describing are the most absurd things I've ever heard in a Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah, so, like, how does like, that happen? <laughs> it should land. It like, should, it should. Land. I don't think it's terrible. Like, there's some moments where I laughed. Like, there's a there's a um, a giant plant monster that you fight. That's you know very um, Seymour from uh, mm -hmm. from that musical. Um, Thank you. Yes, very Seymour. Um, who like you come across this giant plant monster and it's and it's trapped one of your your classmate friends and she's like, oh no, this plant got me. It's like it's got tentacles wrapped around her and uh, it's it's and it's like. What Shinobi is looking at her, this kind of like her her dialogue is like ellipses, and Amaya's like, "What? Hello, wake up!" She's like, "Oh, sorry, I was totally enthralled by this plant monster." And it's like, "Oh right, we we know what that's a uh, reference oh. to." Like you know, it's kind of one of those, right? Like like that made me chuckle. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But overall, I I, I I'm kind of with you, Mark. It's like it's neither here nor there. It, it, it's neither mm -hmm. like hysterically funny, nor nor like taking itself seriously enough for me to fully invest in it. You know, like this feels like a project that was kind of rushed out there, but it's like I it wonder. doesn't have like any glitches and stuff like that. It's just very incomplete very yes. in terms of design. Yes, very very polished from a from a like release standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like I've certainly played more broken yeah. indie games. No, I haven't encountered a single glitch. The controls again feels great, but it's like it's just yeah. bland. It's, like it's, it's missing those elements. It's it's that uh, it's you call it like a I don't know if you want to call it like a like calling things like design flaws feels mm -hmm. harsh, but um, but I don't know that they're necessarily wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like a pretty fun game, but I wouldn't say it's like it achieves the heights. Um, I'm really glad you brought up uh, uh, Curse of the Moon one and two, Mark, because I mm -hmm. think those those demonstrate like if you're gonna if you're gonna take a game inspired by a classic game like this is the heights you can achieve and this mm -hmm. one sadly yeah that shovel knight quite, it's like yeah yeah doesn't quite hit those heights i, I at least in, in 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 my opinion i'm um, still pretty fun but doesn't doesn't go as as hard as it could um, yeah it's like one of those things where it's like if it were on sale and it's like you're looking for something that's like the original castlevania games it's like yeah this will entertain you for a few hours but it's like how can I recommend something like this when it's like, if you haven't played Bloodstain, you have to go play that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, if, if, you, if you want that, um, that classic kind of Castlevania-inspired experience, then Curse of the Moon is right there. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, and by the same company. <laughs> and which it's is, cheaper. Which is very fun. Yeah. 
and it's and, yeah, and it's less expensive. So it's like think about that. And, and uh, yeah, and, and I, at least in my like initial instinct is that it's maybe even more replayable too. Um, the Curse of the Moon. Although I, I could be wrong. The Curse of the Moon. Although it could be wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, it's like, replayable. Yeah, there's like multiple endings. I, 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 and I stuff. think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's super replayable. Yeah. Yeah. You could easily um, do like seven or eight runs of that game just to see everything. Oh, absolutely. Um, anyway, uh, a pretty fun game. Could could be better. Um, not bad by any means, but also mm-hmm. you know not as amazing as it could be. Yeah, I just um, wish it was you know I, it was Inti Creates, and I was like I was hoping this would wow me, but yeah, no, it's it's average, sadly. Yeah, I, I find myself pretty pretty much agreeing with you, Mark. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, and I think it's also worth mentioning uh, the the way this game handles we we like we we keep kind of talking around it. The way this game handles when your character dies is, in my mind, crazy. Um, so if you're if you're if you're one of your, uh, I guess they're are they sisters or are they just classmates? Do we do we know? <laughs> it's already it's already I, passing through my it's mind. It's already gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, if if you're playing Shinobi. And you die, but Maya still has hit points. Um, rather than just the game to the swapping other. you over to Maya, you are sent back to a checkpoint yes. as Maya, and you have to go. You have to resuscitate go and find them and revive, yes. resuscitate them, revive them, which is like kind of frustrating. I don't mm-hmm. love that choice, to be honest. I, I don't um, either. I think it's a very yeah. foolish choice, to say the least. It's, it's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Did you play multiplayer at all? No, I was I was interested in seeing how that would work though. I'm very curious to see how the co-op feels. Um, yeah. I got it all. Now Maybe that you mention it, it's like in. we judge it as yeah, we judge it as a single player game. I wonder how. Hmm. Yeah, watch. It's like spectacular as a co-op. It's the best <laughs> co-op game released this year. We had no idea. Yeah. Um, the reviews guess... did come out this morning and I was reading a few of them and people weren't really talking about the multiplayer. I just sure. see a few I, though. Yeah. Listen, I think if uh I would say this: if either of us are able to to, to hit the co-op in the next week or so, we should report. We back. should talk about Cause, it again because yeah. sometimes co-op does change a game. Like you never know. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 yeah, I had absolutely. a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like I, I, mean, I don't know if this game was designed with co-op in mind or anything like that, but it, it can change the experience quite a bit. So who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's better in co-op. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love when a Switch game is designed in co-op, and I also appreciate that the main character is one is wearing blue and one is wearing red. Red, yes. Much like the Switch Joy-Con, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Mark, any, any final thoughts about Grim Guardians before we... Uh, uh, I, do have, I do have a final thought. Go play Curse of the Moon. Go buy it if you <laughs> haven't. If you still want to support Inti Creates <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and you want your Castlevania fix, check out the fantastic Bloodstained Curse of the, Curse Moon, of the Moon and its sequel, Curse of the Moon 2. Truly fantastic games. Mm. Um, and you're still giving it to create your money. So, you know, it's a win, 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 I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we call it there, gentlemen? Campbell, have you been playing any other fun indies we should uh, throw out here? Um, aside from everybody's favorite indie uh, theater rhythm, Final Bar Line, no, I've not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, enjoying uh, Metroid Prime so much right now. Mm-hmm. If you have one. <laughs> uh, that sounds cry. simply dreadful, Mark. Simply yeah. dreadful. Have you have you played it, Metroid Prime? I've actually played the first like two or three hours of it on the uh, Wii Metroid Prime collection. 
Nice. But you never yeah. never finished it or anything? No, I never finished it. It was funny. I went to the store to pick it up, and uh, I met a Nintendo employee there who's, like, one of the, like, regional oh, yeah. employees who, like, stocks the shelves and stuff. And they told me that because of the way the game was announced and, like, they had to send out the physical copies since they're all being sent by ground, it's, like... The release date was the 22nd, but the majority of copies are being delivered on the 24th. Wow. So, That's so funny. Yeah. So my entire area that I am currently in, not a single store got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just, uh, I opened up Target, uh, Target.com, and I, and I typed in Metroid Prime. And the results are showing Metroid Dread, Metroid Dread Amiibo. <laughs> And uh, Switch mm-hmm. OLED model and cup yeah, noodles, stir fry, up. Yeah. teriyaki beef. So that's what Target <laughs> has for me right now. Um, so yeah, I guess if you want the physical copy of Metroid Dread, uh, hang tight. I'm sure your thing will be delivered soon enough. And Metroid uh, in the meantime, just play it digitally. I, <laughs> that's my. You also said Dread. <laughs> Did I say Dread again? Uh-oh. Oh shoot! Yeah, you said Dread again. <laughs> again, that sounds dreadful. I'm sorry. Dang it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's my own fault. Uh, let's call it there, uh, <laughs> gentlemen. I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, I wrote a lot in the last month. We talked about the... I have some articles over on the Game Boy Advance launch lineup for Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I wrote a list of about 22 uh, GameCube games that deserve a remastered-style treatment. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Mark... Oh, of course, I should also mention that I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, at ActionDaxon. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at the Mark Hell. That, of course, is Mark with the C, Cal the K. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram over on GoombaStomp.com. Uh, I have some pieces up about the Game Boy Advance, and I'll have other stuff out this weekend. I'm not very, exactly very sure cryptic. what, but uh, I'll, I'll have something out. I promise. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to uh, it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Campbell, what about yourself? Yeah, you can find my games writing over at GoombaStump.com. I also hope to have something out this weekend. Uh, ideally, that's something being a written review of Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. Uh, so please keep an eye out for that, for some more eloquently expressed thoughts about this lovely, lovely little game. Um, and if you want to catch up with me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSkill, uppercase CSG. N Express is also on social media. We are on Twitter at N Express Nintendo. Don't forget to rate, review, star, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff over on the podcast. Podcast? What's a podcast? Podcast platform of your choice. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.